Welcome back to another episode of the Dynamic Leaders Podcast, part of the Talent 409 Network, where listeners can learn about leadership and other related qualities from today's most successful business people, coaches, and athletes, both former and current. At Talent 409, we help athletes discover their talent altitude through workshops and seminars while increasing their opportunities for success on and off the field. In addition to athletes, we work with coaches and administrators to enhance their education on how they can positively impact the performance of their teams and programs. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all at Talent409, and connect with me on Twitter, at ColinTalent409. This podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, Music Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes and Apple Podcasts. If you have time, please take a minute and give it a five-star rating and review. Help us grow and keep the podcast content strong. Help me compete with the big dogs. A-Rod just came out with a new podcast. Come on, folks. How am I supposed to compete with A-Rod when he's got Kobe Bryant on his podcast? But these ratings really do help others find the show and consume the content. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this as well as being loyal listeners to the pod. One of the newest reviews from the pod, we're going to do a quick highlight here, comes from B-I-A-P-R-N-N-W-B. Not sure what that stands for, but they wrote the title, Insightful and Informative. Love being able to learn more about leadership from such a diverse and experienced group of leaders. The diversity in the guest and Colin's background allow this podcast to be applicable to anyone's life. Great listen. Thank you for that review, and as such, I want to remind everybody that we are still in the midst of a jacket contest where if you leave us a five-star rating and review, you can win a jacket courtesy of Jake Champagne, who was our guest on the previous pod, and Brooks Running. The winner for that contest is going to be announced on our December 17th episode, so you still have some time to get those reviews in if you haven't already. This episode is going to be the last solo pod of the year. It's going to be on culture. We're going to talk about what makes a great culture, how you as a team or a program can identify how to build a sustainable and winning culture if that's something that you haven't been able to figure out yet. But first, let's sit back, relax, let's get comfy, More holiday cheers coming at you. Again, today we're going to be chatting about culture. We're going to get into a lot of different details about what culture is, how you can cultivate a different culture if you're facing challenges, what some of those common challenges might be, what a winning culture looks like, and most importantly, how to sustain culture because that's really at the core of most challenges when I'm working with folks in different athletic departments, teams, programs, even corporate organizations. The sustainability of culture is really the issue that really presses the most. I want to start this pod by simply defining what culture means at Talent 409, how we define culture. And it's pretty simple. We define culture as what you believe, how you behave, and the experience you give and receive. We start with, what do you believe? 
that's going to affect your behavior. That's going to produce the experience you have. And experience is perceived by how everyone behaves, what you say and not what you do. When it comes down to culture, one of my favorite stories is from the All Blacks. New Zealand, if you've ever read the book Legacy, they have an Amazon Prime special as well uh, that you might want to check out where they go behind the scenes for a full season with the team. But one of their sayings is sweeping the shed. And what that means to them is that if you have personal discipline in your life, then you are going to be more disciplined on the field. No one looks after the All Blacks, they say. The All Blacks look after themselves. In this sweeping the shed phrase and what they practice and how their culture is, is very simple. And it just means that no one player is good enough to skip when they sweep the shed out every practice. It may seem like a very trivial moment or very trivial concept, but it's super important because it really reinforces the idea of team and that nobody is above the team and the culture that they're looking to cultivate. And the All Blacks, for people who don't know, are one of the most successful franchises in the entire world. So if they can do it, then I think we can certainly practice that as well. I've heard other teams that try to do these type of things and they have varying amounts of success. I think in America specifically, I've had this conversation before. It's a little difficult sometimes to have that concept and be a quote unquote entertainer, which is especially professional athletes, what everybody really seems like they're striving to be these days. I think about that sweeping the shed moment. I think about Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm not sure that even with the most assertive leader you can find in somebody who really can make you buy into a team first concept, I'm not sure that you would find Odell Beckham Jr. sweeping the shed. And if you did, it might just be for a publicity shoot. And that's nothing against Odell. He's a great player. From all accounts, he is a pretty good teammate as well. But we all know the things he says and the things he does. If you follow the NFL, if you follow the New York Giants, when it comes down to it, he really just wants to put on a show. And the things that he does really just say that he's more about Odell than he is about the New York Giants. And it's obviously affected the team in the past. It's not affecting them as much right now. They've been on the up a little bit. And Odell's been a little bit more quiet. But you give a guy $90 million in a five-year deal. He's been complaining that he wants it for who knows how long now. Three, four years, it seems like. Forever. You give him the deal and then two months later, he's on national news talking about how he's not happy in New York and he wants to potentially think about going somewhere else and it's like these type of people I don't know how much you can change them and how much they can change themselves they have to be willing to change themselves and that's really a, a big task and a big burden for a head coach like Pat Shermer to carry but it is a challenge, and on a smaller level, I think it's a challenge that we all face at the amateur level, whether we're in middle school, high school, college. And I think as a coach or as an administrator, we have 
a real responsibility to make sure that a situation like Odell Beckham where you have an athlete who wants to be seen, who wants to make themselves known, I think we have a real responsibility to try to tone that down a bit and make them realize that the team culture is more important than anything you can do as an individual. And especially when you're younger, I think it's maybe a little bit easier to do something like that because they still are in that age where they're influential and they're looking for role models and leaders and they haven't made boatloads of money. So they're really in a position where they can change and they're not going to just fall back on their money or their old ways like some professional athletes might. So if you run into a situation like that, the sweeping the shed moment is something that you can really take and run with for your team and for your culture. And it's a very simple thing. But again, as the All Blacks say, if you have the personal discipline in your life, then you are going to be more disciplined on the field. I've heard Penn State football head coach James Franklin read this book, Legacy, read about sweeping the shed, and one of the things they implemented in their locker room for this past season was picking up the trash. And that didn't necessarily mean physical food trash or anything like that, but it did mean clothing and uniforms and different things like that. In the past, they had left for the equipment trainers and for the clubhouse attendants and different things like that. Not that they want to take away from what their quote-unquote job is, but they also realize that they can keep a clean locker room, that it's super easy for them to pick up their things, put it in a bin, and make the jobs of everyone else, those clubhouse attendants, those equipment trainers and things like that, make their jobs a lot easier by not being lazy. Because really that's at the core of sweeping the shed, picking up the trash, I think the first time I heard picking up the trash was in Mighty Ducks. They did that where they would clean up the trash on the ice and they would hit all these different things. They would dump the trash out onto the ice and they would hit them with their sticks and put it into the goal and that would be you know, cleaning up the trash per se. I don't know if it necessarily had the same concept, but you know, doing these small things really help and really can build a, a team unity. It's so funny how that can happen. I can remember being in high school and one of the things we used to do was clean the field after games. It didn't matter if we won or lost, if we were in a great mood or if we had just been part of a crushing defeat. We all went out onto the field and raked the dirt, put the tarp on, cleaned up any trash that might be lying around. That was our home field. We really wanted to make it look as beautiful as possible. We really wanted to take care of it and it meant a lot to us. And because of that, it was a team bonding moment, even in the toughest times, something that we always had to look forward to no matter what the result of the game was. And I talk about that all the time with coaches and with administrators that wins and losses aren't everything. And that's just one small example of taking that next step, figuring out what else matters to you. What mattered to us was having a beautiful field, as beautiful a field as we could for our community. I want to take a quick break and talk about one of our sponsors, Sweat with Stods, and their Hit the Gym program. The new program that's great for people who go to the gym but are looking for a plan to follow. 
Hit the gym is one month of six workouts per week, three HIT workouts, and three strength workouts designed to help you build strength and sculpt your body. The program comes as a downloadable PDF with supplemental videos that demo each move so you don't have to be an expert to do it. I personally do workouts created by Sweat With Stods, and you can do these workouts too by going to sweatwithstods.com and clicking on Hit The Gym. My listeners can also get a discount by entering the promo code CCP. Instead of $40, this program is only $30. What can you do with $30 in 30 days? And now back to the pot. When we talk about culture, we also want to talk about being a steward of cultural legacy. You want to always leave the jersey in a better place. When you come in, if the program or the team you're on is challenged, is struggling, you always want to do as much as you can to leave them in a better position when you leave than they were when you first got there. And that's another concept that the All Blacks take where they want to leave the jersey in a better place. I think there's four steps for organizational change. If you are having challenges with your culture, this is a really good place to start. The first is having a case for change. Maybe it is a losing culture in more ways than just the scoreboard. You have a lot of people complaining. You don't have a lot of camaraderie. You don't have a lot of teamwork. Whatever the case may be, if you can make that case for change, that's the first step. The second step is a compelling picture of the future. So what does change look like? You can't just say you want to change and hope that somebody's going to pick it up and run with it. You have to give the vision as a leader, as a coach, as an administrator. You have to be the person that sets the tone, that puts the vision in the head of the players and helps them get to that change. Three, a sustained capability to change. You need to make sure that when you paint that picture and when you give them that vision in their head that they have the tools and they have the foundation and if they don't have the foundation that they can make the steps to build that foundation so that they can get sustained results that will help them change. And finally, you need a credible plan to execute. And all these things connect in one way or another. Obviously, you can't change unless there's a reason to change. And you can't change unless you have a vision to change. And you can't change unless you have the tools to be sustainable. And you can't be sustainable unless you have a plan to execute. So all these things are tied together when we're talking about organizational change. When we are formulating these plans for what we want to do in change, it's really important to remember that Complexity is the enemy. Anything that you do, if you make it complex, it's going to be harder. Simple is easier to implement, and simplicity wins. Let other people struggle by making things more complex. You want to create a system that's flexible for different personal likes and situations that come about. And leaders create the culture that drives the behavior and behavior produces results. So remember what we talked about earlier. Culture is what you believe, 
how you behave, and the experience you give and receive. Leaders create the culture that drives that behavior, and behavior produces results. So behavior is a constant threat. Results are always directly tied to behavior. And as the situation gets harder, your behavior actually needs to get better. And when things are difficult, you have to be much better at your job. Think about that. When a situation gets harder, your behavior actually needs to get better. Because when things get difficult, you have to be much better at your job. If you think about some of the craziest time in world history, the Cuban Missile Crisis, if you think about some of the major rebuilds in sports history with the New York Yankees, for example, when they were at their lowest point in the early 90s. People can't even remember this. It was so long ago. But the Yankees in the 90s were such a mess in the beginning of the decade. And a lot of that was tied into a terrible culture that George Steinbrenner had produced within the organization. And it took him getting suspended by Major League Baseball for them to change the culture. And the people who were in charge when Steinbrenner left just because he left, maybe they didn't have him in the way anymore or making decisions that were detrimental to the team. But you can bet that it was harder than it ever was to be an employee of the New York Yankees in the early 1990s. And those folks, Gene Michael and the GMs that came after and all of the talent scouts and those type of individuals really worked their butts off and changed the culture and the type of people they brought in. They traded away people that were bad for the culture that they wanted to build in New York. They brought in people that, and at the time, it made you scratch your head a little bit, and you didn't quite know what the plan was. But if you look back at the results, three straight World Series, four World Series in five years, they went to six World Series in eight years or nine years. It was an incredible run, and it was all set up by the changing of the culture within one of the most dynamic and successful organizations in sports history. And if the Yankees needed to overgo that change, I'm sure a lot of us can look back and reflect and realize that we probably face similar challenges to our culture and need to go through some type of significant change because we don't have the money and the resources that a giant like the New York Yankees have. And that Cuban Missile Crisis that I mentioned one of the most tense times in not only American history, but in world history. And the Kennedy administration, including President Kennedy, had to work tireless hours, try to figure out exactly what was going on. Was there gonna be a nuclear war? Was there gonna be life on Earth? It was one of the most stressful eight days in, like I said, world history. And the Kennedy administration had to work through all these different scenarios and figure out how they were going to best approach the situation. But they also had to think about how they were going to change their relationship with the Soviets moving forward. Because Kennedy realized that they couldn't go on living like this. Because even if they nip butt on this particular crisis, if they continued to have the same type of relationship, eventually there was going to be a new nuclear war. And that was something that nobody wanted, President Kennedy included. And so they changed not only the course of the crisis, but they changed the course of history by coming to an agreement that was better for mankind 
And that took so much hard work. It was something that really proves that as the situation gets harder, your behavior needs to be better. It would have been very easy for President Kennedy to act in the way that Khrushchev was acting, but he was the better person. And as a result, the United States got what they needed. They got those missiles out of Cuba. They saved the world from nuclear crisis and an improved relationship helped mend that Cold War relationship throughout the remainder of that time. One more quick break. I want to talk about my second sponsor, Taylor Digital. Taylor Digital is a virtual design company that helps solopreneurs get established online with a cohesive image so they can feel more confident in their business. Taylor Digital offers branding, social media design, and Squarespace website design. My website, www.talent409.com, that was done by Taylor Digital. She's awesome. It's not going to look girly if you're a guy, don't worry about that. But if you are a girl and you want it to look girly, she can do that for you too. Go to taylordigital.com to set up your free consultation today. And that's Taylor, T-A-Y-L-A-R. I didn't name her, her parents did. And now back to the pod. When we talk about culture, we often talk about, especially in the corporate world, I feel like this is a big thing where people go to interviews or they read things on Glassdoor, they hear things and they say, culture is, to me, I want to be comfortable. I want to be in a fun culture. I want ping pong tables. I want beer kegs. I want to have a social life. Guess what? Culture's job is not to make you feel good or feel comfortable. Culture's job is to generate that behavior required using the system in place, giving us the results we want. That's what culture is. We want to drive the behavior that, quote unquote, wins. So you have to define what does winning mean to you. And guess what? We all want to win the championship. There are hundreds of teams out there that all have the same goal. But only one of you can take home that championship. So if winning to you is defined by that singular goal, more often than not, and these are just plain odds, scientific odds, you are not going to attain that goal, and that is not a sustainable formula for a quote-unquote winning culture. There needs to be more to the winning part. What else does winning mean to you? Does it mean producing great men and women that contribute to the community into society in more ways than they do just as an athlete? Are they giving back? Are they being active and involved in volunteering work and charities? Are they taking the time after the game to take care of the field, to thank their parents, to do their schoolwork? What does winning mean to you? It needs to mean more than just the scoreboard. The hard part with culture is obviously the execution getting everybody to believe and behave accordingly to get the experience that you want. As I mentioned with Odell Beckham Jr., not everybody is going to change. It's a reality of life, and it's impossible to predict who will change and who won't. That's the unfortunate part. People self-select themselves, so you need to let them make their own decisions, give them time, don't be too quick to judge. As a leader, you want to do everything you can to put them in a position 
to choose to believe and behave how you want them to and to experience the results you expect. Let me say that again. As a leader, you want to do everything you can to put them in a position to choose to believe and behave how you want them to and to experience the results you expect. Culture will make people engage in a behavior they wouldn't have on their own. This can be uncomfortable at first and it goes back to my point that it's not culture's job to make you feel good or to make you feel comfortable. Culture will make people engage in behavior they wouldn't have on their own. It can be uncomfortable and the adjustment can be tough. If a culture is quote unquote feel good, that's a sign that you're being held back. But if you have a culture where people believe and people push each other and people behave in a way that works as a team and that puts team before themselves, then you are stepping in the right direction and you are getting towards a culture that can be sustainable year over year and time and time again. That's going to be it for this solo pod. I know we could spend much more time talking about culture and I'd be more than happy to if you have a specific team or program that you want to get into more specific detail about with your culture and the challenges that you might be having and I'd love to hear about your successes as well. Not everything's the negative. We definitely want to be positive here. There are people doing good things. We're just here to help if you are facing some challenges. So if you'd like to talk more about your culture, please feel free to get in touch with me and we can dive more into some of these concepts. But for now, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to this solo pod. Thanks again to our sponsors for sponsoring this episode. This is the last solo pod of the year. We have one more guest appearance before the end of 2018 as well. That's coming up next week. Stay tuned for that. Don't forget to rate and review and get yourself into the running for that Brooks jacket. Thanks again to Brooks Running and Jake Champagne 